everyone, and welcome to another Scots We Hate podcast. And this time around, it's all about Hang, Scotland's first hip-hop and grime conference. And today I'm joined by Richie Muirhead, producer of the Samas, but also co-organiser of Hang. Hello, Richie. Hi, Ali. How are you doing, man? I'm well, thanks. And I'm really interested to hear more about Hang. So what can you tell us? Well, uh, Hang is it's called Hip Hop Aimed Networking with Grime. And it's a new event that launched about a month ago. Um, we've been organising it behind the scenes for over a year, um, conducting various focus groups with artists to understand um, the needs and to address some, some issues in, in the music industry and create opportunities. So... Yeah, we've been working alongside Creative Scotland. So it's a brand new event with SAMA and Creative Scotland. Um, the event is run by myself um, and Alana Hepburn, who is a hip-hop promoter of over 10 years. Um, she's also part of my events team and has been for years. So, um, yeah, it's Alana and I running it. And it's, yeah, it's what turned out as research in the early stage um, it kind of grew arms and legs and now it's turned into a pretty large-scale online hybrid conference. So, yeah, it's quite an ambitious thing to do, but we, we really believe in it and think it's a, a really cool event. I'm happy to, happy to finally have it out in the public. <laughs> when the idea first came up, was this pre COVID and lockdown and everything, were you, was this something that you wanted to do as a more normal event? Yeah, so there had been discussions between Creative Scotland and other organisations and individuals within the music industry um, about su- creating something new to support grime and hip-hop in Scotland. And, um you know, the, this, the chats, really, they were going on for a, about a year and a half. Um, and then all COVID happened and um, we started to talk more about it. You know, we wanted to bring something to life. And, yeah, you know, Samas, obviously, we have the, the Hip Hop Music Award. We've had winners such as India Rose, Steg G, Kid Robotic. We've also had, if, if you've been to any Sama events, you'll notice Hip Hop and Grime are quite a, a strong um, part of our booking sort of policy. And I think that's, that's just a reflection of the, the growth in that genre. You know, there's so many artists coming through all the time. So, you know, we've worked with artists like Shogun and Nova, for example, on the live stage. And obviously in our new music blog as well, we always have um, artists there. So basically what, what kind of happened is ourselves and Creative Scotland we're having a discussion about what we could do. And all of a sudden we went from, <laughs> from some, some research into fully kind of putting together this program and really making sure that it would have the key components within hip hop, you know, like break dancing, graffiti, uh, DJing. And then we also kind of amplified it with performances and spoken word and, and yeah really trying to create something like to push ourselves as organizers but to put, create something that would really reflect the culture within hip-hop and grime um, and yes yeah, it's, it's been really good we're really happy with it so um 
from that original idea and the kind of focus groups, how is it actually going to work uh, with uh, everything that's been going on? I take it's changed quite a deal. Yeah, it's definitely changed from, so at the beginning, you know, we were maybe going to just do it way down the as as a, a physical event and then restrictions, coronavirus kind of got worse and so on. And we realised our options were to either do this fully online or to, to test ourselves and do a hybrid model. So the hybrid model is having elements online and also having elements in a physical event. So our host venue for this, this project is SWG3 in Glasgow, which is a fantastic large space to, to, to host this. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the plan. And obviously with, with it being online, we, we looked at various like pieces of software and platforms that we could use, but we kind of went back to the drawing board and we've decided that going down the YouTube and Facebook route would be what we'd like to do, you know? And I think, I think that's, I think that's okay. And I, and I, I'm, I'm really into, into that, you know, it's certainly accessible on mobile and TV and laptop. Um, and there's also the option for people to come down to SWG3 in the evening where that will be oh, okay. uh, performances. So, so somewhat like the daytime activity is all online and then the evening is, is at SWG3. Uh, so there's two, two ticket types. And I presume still there has to be a, an element of COVID compliancy and all that stuff with uh, live events. Yeah, yeah. And in truth, everyone's still working out the best practice and, and the safest way to do these things. Um, at the moment, you know, we have a lot of emails back and forth about a seating plan, <laughs> which is really, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just the, the COVID way at the moment to, to yeah. do something. But it, it feels so... <laughs> It feels so unhip hop and ungrind to be doing doing this, but um, you know the truth is, if we want to get back to some form of normality, and if we want to be able to stage really great events and and have some capacity, and then this is what we have to do. But what I can say is that when we when we're able to do this fully physical, of course that is like the plan and I think an event like this when it's staged physical it will just be amazing you know you'll have yeah. graffiti spoken word panels performances all in the one space um, and it will really have that energy and and that that kind of passion and, and be able to really showcase everything in the one place um, which will be nice but we're not quite there yet we have to comply with seating plans <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, that kind of answers one of my other questions was this doesn't feel like it's a one-off event. This feels like something that you plan to, to you know, have a real legacy with. Definitely. And, you know, and the, the Samas have had the Hip Hop Award for, for a very long time. And I always, like, collect music online and read about music. And in Scotland, the grime and hip hop sector is growing all the time, you know. So I think this event is so so timely and, and yeah, maybe it should have been done five years ago as well, but the main thing is it's happening now. Um, and yeah, we do have plans to continue to develop this. Um, obviously, I had mentioned about next year when we can, fingers crossed, have the full thing physical. Um, but we're also talking about doing, doing pop-up events, you know, and, and continuing to, you know, to 
to showcase Scotland on an international level and to create opportunities for people, you know, whether that's inviting booking agents to, to come to, to Glasgow or radio DJs from BBC One Extra. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think the, the future's looking good, we, but obviously all our, all our energy at the moment is just towards the 31st of July. <laughs> So, I mean, you mentioned panels there. Who is involved? Can you tell us some of the names that you've got coming along to speak? Yeah, of course. Um, there's multiple um, panels in the event, you know, and they range from panels about radio, uh, about what music platforms are out there to help um, move forward in, in your career, how to monetize your art, you know, how to how to make sure you're you're getting the royalties you can get and getting partnerships with other brands and so on. But some of the kind of key um, speakers that, that we can identified at the beginning that we wanted and happily managed to confirm, we had Tiffany Calver, who's the host of The Rap Show on BBC Radio One Extra. Um, Flip Tricks, who is an artist and also runs High Focus Records. Um, Henka, who runs a fantastic music conference in Rotterdam called New School Rules, which is centred on European hip-hop and grime. Um, and, you know, um, loads of Scottish organisations and artists are involved, you know, from Up to Standard, who are a fantastic music platform and studio, um, to Darren McGarvey, who's obviously a rapper and an Orwell Prize winning writer. So, yeah, it's a really fantastic program, and I think I think we've done we've done okay putting it together. It's been it's been tricky, you know, all the remote working and countless meetings uh, to bring it to life. But um, it will certainly be worth it, and yeah, it's, it's nice to finally get it out into the public. So that begs the question: How can people get involved and get tickets? What's the kind of practicalities of it? Yeah, so the all the daytime activity is is completely free, um, but we would encourage people to register so they have the full information. So you can register on. We have a full, a full dedicated page to it, which is officialsama.com forward slash hang, um, and yeah, you can find any kind of links to it across official sama on social medias as well. Excellent. It sounds uh, brilliant. I'm really looking forward to it, Richie, to just get an event which is focused on hip-hop and grime, which, you know, I can't remember uh, happening before. So uh, uh, very exciting. Um, Well, all the very best with it. And thanks for uh, taking time out to have a chat about it today. Thank you. And we'll be back in a moment with one of Hang's very special guests, Jill Brown. So don't go anywhere. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second part of our podcast um, related to Hang. You've just heard uh, Richie Muirhead telling you all about it. And now I'm joined by one of the speakers uh, of Hang, musician Jill Brown, who is the founder of Conviction Records. Hello, Jill. Hi there. Thank you for talking to me. Oh, it's a pleasure, an absolute pleasure. Um, I guess we'll start out, you're going to be one of the speakers at Hang. Um, can you give, without giving anything away, kind of roughly what you're going to discuss, I guess it's related to Conviction Records, I presume. 
Yeah, so obviously I'm not a credible hip-hop artist, so I'm slightly alarmed when they asked me <laughs> to take part. Um, but I think my contribution will be about the importance of hip-hop and grime and rap and emceeing in prisons, um, because I do a lot of work in prisons. Well, I guess the next question is, tell us a bit about Conviction Records, because it uh, sounds a fascinating project. Uh, yeah, so I set it up at the end of last year uh, and really the idea came about because I was doing some songwriting workshops in Berliny where I've done music work on and off for about a decade and I was thinking about what the guys could do next when they got out of jail and I realised that the opportunities for them who were talented and just in general are so few. So I then came up with the idea for a record label that would only sign ex-offenders so I have the pleasure of telling lots of people that unless they have a criminal record, we're not interested. <laughs> That's interesting. Have you had people get in touch just seeing the name Conviction Records thinking, oh, there's a new record label about, I'll approach them, and you've had to basically to say that? Yeah, I mean, you, I guess in music particularly, you always get opportunists and you don't really get people that even read one line under, you know, on Instagram or whatever it is. So it always kind of amuses me and it's quite satisfying when you see which jail were you in and you get a kind of strange response. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think maybe we're one of the few record labels that will work with people that have a criminal background and obviously we're solely for people that have a criminal background. And you said that you've been doing songwriting workshops um, previously. Um, how, have, how have they gone? What's been your experience of those? Uh, they went really well. So I delivered those with a friend of mine called Matt, who's a community musician. And I just wanted to try it and see how it went. And I already knew that there was a wealth of talent in the jail, but they advertised them as songwriting workshops. And it just so happened that everyone came along with hip hop. So then you have to think, well, they know more about hip hop and they're better at, you know, uh, rap, etc., than I am. I'm kind of a an infant when it comes to the rap and I'm never going to be a rap artist um but then yeah I just they were amazing actually they kind of led me and then I realized that my contribution could be creating a melody around the rap and singing which is not what they do and it was really sort of touching because we basically they did about five different raps and we joined them all together and then I wrote a melody which they all wanted to sing I thought they're never going to want to sing this and they all sort of got around the microphone and, and sang it together and recorded it so it was great fun so was there a real enthusiasm to be involved? Yeah, I mean, I guess music is quite magical in its ability to draw people together. And once you've established initially a relationship, you have immediately something in common. So it, they were really encouraging. I think I had one person that didn't come back and I thought there would be a lot more. So I was really delighted with that, actually. Yep. And so uh, the next step, clearly was con Conviction Records. How have you, have you chosen people that you're hoping to release their music? Is, have you got to that stage yet? Uh, so we've got one artist that we would like to sign. We're raising funds just now. He's very talented and we're in the throes of recording an EP for him. Uh, he's called Ryan and yeah, he's really talented. So he's a singer songwriter. So he's not right. typical of the guys that I was talking about. Um, but I have a colleague that's responsible for A&R for the label that has worked with Sire Records and many famous people. He worked with Seymour Stein, that was his boss in the US. Right. So he immediately sort of leapt on Ryan and said he thought he was really Bob Dylan. So yeah, he's great. I think he's got a lot of promise. 
So you say there that you're fundraising. How um, how are you raising funds? Is it kind of Kickstarter or that sort of thing? Uh, well, we have used Crowdfunder and various platforms, but now we're applying to kind of grant bodies and speaking to people that maybe have some cash they would like to use for philanthropic means. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think, you know, I imagined Everest and now I've got to climb it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm at the bottom. I'm at the bottom now, uh, scaling the mountain. But it's it's very much about learning for me because although I'm a musician, I didn't know anything about running a label, and that's why Eric's involved. And uh, I mean, you mentioned there that you're a musician in, in your own right. I think you had three singles out last year. Is that right? Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, I think you did have three of them. Out. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. Well done. Uh, <laughs> so, so, what? Uh, Tell us about your own musical life, how you know, and releasing your own records. And has that, I take it, that's been something that you've been able to feed into conviction as well? Yeah, so I come from a family of musicians, but didn't actually take up singing until I was in my early 30s. Um, and I kind of got secret singing lessons and didn't tell anyone. I, I said, I thought if the teacher's rubbish, I won't go back. But so she was very encouraging. And from that, I've been doing music since then. And working my way up the music industry ladder and now working with some world-class musicians, really, who hide a lot for me (laughs) (laughs) and are very talented talented when it comes to production and things. And I'm recording a new track with a different producer next week in a slightly different style. So that should be good fun. I just love music. I always have. And as I say, my family, you know, everyone is a musician and it's kind of like a competition to see which part of the harmony you're going to sing. So... (laughs) Um, yeah, and so it was doing music myself that led me to Conviction Records because I decided that as an artist, I wanted to play places no one else wanted to play and work with people that no one else would normally. And that's what led me to Berlini Prison, ultimately. Yeah. And you're also involved in, in PR. You've got your kind of, and, and other areas of, of media. And I'm interested, do you kind of see everything you do as being linked? I mean, certainly in terms of a record label, I can see how it would be something that you're, you know, expertise that you're bringing. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've thought about this. Um, so my background is in television journalism. Um, I used to be like a news presenter and reporter, which I always wanted to do and then found I didn't much like it when I got there. Uh, so I sort of abandoned that. But I think storytelling is the common thread and I use my skills in the media to promote the record label and we've had quite a lot of coverage for Ryan. So it definitely feeds into it. And I know, I mean, I feel like I'm like 954 or something because I know how the media works inside out. So traditional media is quite easy for me to navigate. And that's really helpful. But with Conviction Records, actually, I was amazed. I mean, I knew it was a good story, but I didn't realise how much, like people have been in touch with us from all across the world and I didn't realise how far news of it would travel and how much, I think it was on BBC World Service and from that I got loads of inquiries, so that was interesting. Yeah, because actually the, the, the sentence that jumped out from your uh, website was essentially she's a storyteller and uses uh, a variety of medium to tell a story and that got me thinking, do you think that in a way we're all we all need to tell our story, but some people don't have the means available to them to do it. I'm thinking of people who maybe, you know, are in, in prison or are, you know, the story of how they got there. They've not maybe had the means to tell their story. Yeah, I mean, I think storytelling, words and language is the way by which we 
um, get our thoughts together and put some meaning around our lives. And, and that's why it's important. And in prison, people are not heard and yeah. they're not um, respected and there's no dignity. So I think music is a way of reintroducing a sense of dignity, if you like, because people don't always want to hear from someone in prison, but actually they can be quite open-minded when it comes to listening to music. Yeah. So that then gives them a platform to talk about their lives. Because I was thinking about um, some of the books I've read and reviewed recently, and particularly Graham Armstrong's The Young Team, and a memoir by Aidan Moffat called Euphoric Recall, which um, is about his own struggles with uh, addiction and similar. And both of them talk about um, being able to tell their story. They had to tell their story first before they then go on to perhaps tell other people's stories, you know, whatever happens with their next books or anything which they're both working on. And they both have a either writing, they've been to writing classes or they've been to places where people would listen to them and help them um, a, improve their own writing and kind of get their voice out there. And that made me think, going right back to Hang and Conviction, that people I've talked to in Scottish hip hop, that's what they've said as well. This has been the way that they've been able to express themselves and tell the stories, not only their own stories, about the people around them. So guess mm. in a long winded way, is that how you felt with conviction? Was that, you know, you were you could see that there were stories that needed to be told and you could hopefully help them get them out there. Give them the tools, I guess is what I'm saying. Um. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the idea and that's the ambition. And I have done, in the past, I have done some gigs in Berlin where the first half, um, there would be some guys who would sing some cover songs and for the second half, I would bring in my own professional band. And it's just sort of amazing, even though the cover songs were not their own words, it was amazing to see how that would transform them as individuals. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I always tell people that the most powerful story you can tell is your own because you know it so well. Um, and I just think it's really important that people are heard. And the great thing now is that when I started doing stuff in jails, um, the climate wasn't really one of inclusivity, but now that is much higher up on the agenda. And I think people are more willing to think about maybe alternative means um, of helping people turn their lives around. Yeah, that got me thinking about, I've been to a few writing classes and there was one in particular where one of the um, fellow classmates would come in each week and say, no, I don't want to read anything, I don't want to read anything. And then by the, I think the fourth week, read this beautifully written, very heartfelt story and then got up and left because he couldn't deal, you know, it had been such a big deal for him to, to, to not just write the story, but share it with other people. And I wondered if that's part of the battle is is getting people confidence to tell their stories and maybe music is a, is a better way of doing it, as you say. Yeah, I think there's something about music that's slightly detached. So it's different from standing up in a podium and just having the spoken words. Sure. Um, so yeah, there is something I think that loosens the tongue when, when um, melody is applied to it or rhythm or whatever it may be. Um, but for me personally, I think music has been and continues to be very therapeutic. And that's what I find um, when I work with people in a jail setting, that it's really therapeutic. And you, you've spoken about working in Berlin, but has, has it taken you to other jails as well? Have you been around the country or other? Uh, so I've just had a meeting with um, 
I can't say too much just now, but a private prison, which is a really different environment. So yeah, I'd like to work. And I've had um, a Zoom call with a really interesting jail in England as well. So the jails are opening up. I don't think I've got any shortage of places to places to go and people to work with. Actually, this is something which has only just struck me. But in the last year, how has COVID and lockdown affected your ability to go into places like a prison where people are locked down all the time? Yeah, no, I mean, I haven't been able to go in at all. Right. In one sense, I've been quite preoccupied with the mechanics of launching the label, but... Right. I think all of us have maybe got a very small flavour of what it might like be like to be shut in and incarcerated. And uh, it's far from a holiday camp because sometimes people will, um, well, yeah, I mean, I get sort of accusations levelled at me. Why are you giving these people the time of day? Prison's like a holiday camp. And I think, well, if you'd actually visited it, you would have no idea because the punishment is that your liberty is taken away and we don't have any idea what that's like. No. Um, so yeah it's been very hard I think for the people that run the prisons as well just how best to deal with that situation it's been hard for everyone but if you think um, you know we didn't like being confined to our houses and our gardens but can you imagine being confined to that cell no, for the duration absolutely. absolutely yeah and obviously prisoners can't access the internet uh, they don't have mobile phones so keeping in touch with families which is a real lifeline becomes really tricky I mean I started to complain about my daily walk that I'd suddenly done the whole of the south side of Glasgow and I was looking for somewhere. Hmm. If, if it's basically a yard or whatever it might be, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is interesting to, I mean, they're not comparable really, but we have all had a, a, what it's been like to be locked down. And for many of us, it's been a real struggle. Yeah, we've had a very small dose of it. Yes. So I kind of say to people, you know, we've had a, a brief introduction and a yeah. very diluted introduction. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of the people in prison, probably the majority have come from very chaotic backgrounds and um, traumatic childhoods. They've got mental health problems. They've got addiction problems. So uh, that is, they're only going to be amplified, things like mental health problems, obviously, during a period of lockdown. Yeah, yeah. So what are your plans for the future with Conviction? Can you make any at the moment? Well, obviously, you mentioned Ryan, but uh, what else have you yeah. got planned? Um, yeah, so we're, uh, we do get submissions from people. Thankfully, I have the buffer of Eric, so I don't decide, which is quite good. Because you, you get because I know what it's like as an artist to contact people yeah. and be rebuffed. So uh, we do always get back to people. So, we've had, so we're going through submissions, but there, I mean, there's a wealth of work to be done. There's, as I say, there's funding to be raised. There are conversations with jails to be had. Um, we're looking at going back in to do workshops again. So, uh, as I said earlier, I've really got no shortage of things to do or people to work with. So, it's nice to be in demand. And if one more person says to me, you've got a captive audience, honestly, it's like everyone says it like it's the first time. <laughs> They're the first person that's ever thought of this joke. <laughs> yeah. And um, you mentioned that, you know, if, if anyone was watching this who was interested uh, to uh, help support you, how would they best do that? Uh, well, they can do it in different ways. They can email me at jill at convictionrecords.org. Um, on Instagram, I'm Jill B. Singer. We're, we don't have a website yet. That's in the process. So probably social media is the best way to get in touch with me. And I have had some good old-fashioned letters as well, which is nice to get. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, Jill, thanks so much for having a chat with me today. It's been fascinating and an absolute pleasure. No, oh, thank you. It's been really lovely to talk to you. No problem at all. And all the best with Hang when it comes. And that goes for everyone, you know, do uh, get involved with Hang because it sounds like it's going to be a really interesting uh, event. And we'll be back soon with someone completely different. Cheers. <laughs>